0: That is the question then. Meeting solidified our friendship, right? So were we yeah. really friends before then? Dun dun dun. <laughs> Welcome to No Thanks for Booked. I'm Molly. And I'm Katie. And this is a podcast where we look at life through a bookish lens.
1: And this is episode one. Episode I'm so excited. One. I can't believe
0: we're doing it. I know it's it's official. This will be
1: going out <laughs> into the world for people to find. You're listening to our voices right now in your ear holes. <laughs> I already make it so weird. The weirder the better, but really. We're excited that you're here and I just can't believe we're finally we're finally doing it. Yeah. This is the very first episode. We're and excited that, we're that you're pumped.
0: here and we're excited that we're here.
1: Yes. It's been a long time coming. Yeah.
0: And <laughs> it's been a long time coming. So Molly, what are you reading yes. right now?
1: Oh gosh, what am I reading? So actually I'm reading two books that Katie loves mm-hmm. and that's Eleanor Oliphant. Eleanor Oliphant. Is that how you say
0: it? I say Eleanor Oliphant.
1: Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine by Gail Honeyman and I'm reading The Wonder by Emma Mm Donahue. while I'm listening to that on audio and then I'm also listening or I'm reading When People Are Big and God is Small by Ed Welch I think it's Edward Welch I don't know why I call him Ed Welch like because you're besties or something (laughs) I mean I wish that would be amazing so I'm reading three books technically right now. But um, they're all good. I'm enjoying them in different ways. Yeah, they're really what different. About you? I mean,
0: I love Eleanor Oliphant and I love The Wonder, but those two books could yeah. not be more different.
1: Yes, but also my reading experience, I feel like, is similar. Weirdly, like I feel like, it's drawing me in in the same way. Yeah, I don't know how to explain it. I
0: but. know exactly what you're saying. In some ways, they're it's similar pacing, and they're both very character-driven novels. Yeah, so exactly the the content is very different but right the style in some ways is similar
1: yeah exactly yeah um what are you reading
0: well I could talk about what I'm reading but what I really want to talk about is the book that I just finished
1: oh my
0: gosh please talk about yes this, this is
1: so crazy yeah so I about
0: a week and I guess it would be almost a week and a half ago now I was reading I'll Be Gone in the Dark and I there's a subtitle that I can't remember but it's by Michelle McNamara um who was it's a true crime book talking about the Golden State Killer and it's incredibly well written very unsettling like I know that this is not a book for everyone but and not a book that people would expect you to read. I feel like no, like, it's even not. your mom was like, I know my <laughs> my mom was totally <laughs> giving me side eyes when Molly came to Molly came to visit me a couple weeks ago and I revealed that I was reading this book and my mom was like, <laughs> Katie, are you sure you should be reading yeah. this? You fainted. I mean, it's dark. Yes, it it's really dark and she does not gloss over the crimes, but she also talks about them really respectfully, um, like. I never felt like she was being gratuitous in her description of what yeah. happened. And in fact, I know there's a lot more detail out there that you could, you could like if you look up this man and what he did, you could find a lot more detail. So I feel like she, she really towed the line. And the writing was beautiful, but it was also really tragic because she died before she was able to finish the book. And her husband, who was Patton Oswald... Um, Oswalt, was a comedian, um, he made sure that the book was finished and it was just amazing. But what was so crazy about it was that as I was finishing the book, I was like reading the last 30 pages of the book and Molly and my friend Julie texted me and said, Katie, did you hear they arrested the Golden State Killer? And I was like, that is- such." a wild reading experience to have that happen. It was so crazy. I mean, I feel like it was one of those moments of, I mean, it's different. It was one of those moments in your life. Like I was talking to my husband later and he said, you're probably going to remember this day for the rest of your life. It was very momentous, momentous and surreal. And I was able to watch the press conference where they talked about the arrest, and
1: um, it puts closure in like a whole new light. For I mean, because the book, especially because there's not a sense of closure. There's not,
0: and for so many reasons, reading the book, there's not a sense of closure because it's it was unfinished, and um, I mean, they still attempted to tie up what she was doing but it really was there were a lot of moments where they didn't even really attempt to do that so it was unfinished because of that but also unfinished because it was still an unsolved it was still an unsolved case and now they've caught him it was really it was really crazy the timing of it the timing was the timing was just it was just very odd I'm not sure that many things like that have happened in my life but it did feel kind of like like not on the scale of nine eleven but in this but the same kind of thing, except for it felt more um like that was a tragedy, and what this man did was a tragedy, so in that sense it was the same, but he was caught, so there was there's there was more a sense of relief, i guess, right, yeah,
1: yeah, wow, I know you've you had such an exciting reading month. And I feel like the books I'm reading are kind of slow. Like, I don't really have anything to talk about them. I just want to hear more about this, you know, (laughs) this, your reading experience. I feel like that's just wild.
0: It is wild. And I've gone down, because he was caught, now there's so much more that I can learn. And I'm Mm -hmm. nothing Mm -hmm. if not, I just want to consume everything I can. So, like, every day I'm getting online and looking up articles and finding out because what you feel so intimately feel, tied yes, to this I feel very story. invested in the story and um this it which sounds so voyeuristic but
1: that's not how I'm experiencing it no I get it I get it I feel like that's how you know something is really good and entertaining to you as if you just go down these little rabbit holes yeah. of like I don't know. Learning everything you can, right?
0: But I don't want to say that I'm entertained. I mean, that's that. <laughs> yeah, is so wrong, strange. wrong choice <laughs> of words. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not entertained so by a serial killer, but I am no. fascinated. fascinated. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. totally. Moving on. Every episode, we'll be answering one question from one of our lovely patrons over on Patreon. But because this is our first episode. We don't really have a lot of patrons to draw questions from. So we opened up the question. But we do asking, have some patrons. We have some patrons. And we're blown away by that Absolutely fact. astounded. <laughs> like grinning from ear to ear. Yes. And also like I th- feel like flabbergasted might be the best word <laughs> because it's like we have not put out any content yet. And we have people who want to hear what we have
1: to say. It's amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool. So we have, but we have questions because we asked people on Instagram um, and we, we got so many good ones. It was hard to choose just one. Yeah. The reason that we but chose the one we did is
0: because it works really well for this particular episode and the topic that we're going to be discussing. So the question we got was from our friend Smith. that's her Instagram name, and she asked us, what characters from separate
1: books would make the greatest best friends? Such a good question. I feel like I could have sat with this for a long time and come up with a few pairings. But I also told Katie, I am one of those readers who will forget characters' names so easily. So I'm like on Goodreads trying to trying to see. Um, did you you had kind of an immediate thought, didn't you, Katie?
0: I did. Well, and you
1: guessed it too. I know. You at least I knew guessed half of it. So to. <laughs> Because I was like, oh, I've got one. And Molly was like, I think I know And we it cheated. Is. We probably won't know each other's answers for other episodes, but for this one, we totally cheated. But I really did guess. I really did guess. Yeah. So she guessed. Because she's such a great character. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, she is a great character.
0: Very memorable. And I feel like that's why this was so easy for me, because in some ways, these characters, I feel like... Okay, so I'm just going to say. So I <laughs> said Swede from Peace Like a River, which... If oh, any I of you, I know, I love Swede. If any of you follow me on pretty much any social media, you know that I have a deep and abiding love for the book Peace Like a River, which I forced Molly to read last year. And I'm so thankful. It's a wonderful book. And Swede is such an amazing um, character. She's just such an amazing character and very, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh precocious she's very precocious yeah yeah and and because she's precocious and because she's precocious she made me well I feel like her character was drawn from Scout from To Kill a Mockingbird and so because of
1: that I feel like they'd be great friends I love that I just want Swede as a daughter that's like basically. she'd be what I want. She would be I mean yeah, I mean you know she, a best friend. I you know she
0: would do well for herself in life. She's right. like eight years old and
1: writing epic poetry. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Okay, so my best friend pairing would be Cat from Marlena and um, Tess from Sweet Bitter. So Marlena by Julie Bunton, Sweet Bitter by Stephanie Danler. Stephanie Dandler actually um, blurbed uh, Julie's book, her debut novel, Marlena. So they definitely have, like, a similar vibe. Yeah. Um, And Marlena, the the main character, Kat, she kind of goes back and forth between these two voices, and one is her 15-year-old self and one is her adult self. Mm -hmm. I feel like Kat and Tess... As adults would be best friends, but I also feel like they wouldn't be healthy best friends. Mm. <laughs> like, I don't know if it would be the greatest idea. They would probably drink way too much together. <laughs> probably just go through really depressing bouts of life together but i could see them having this like it would be a toxic inseparable best bond friendship. yes it would be to- it would be entertaining i'm just gonna throw it out there like i would read <laughs> a, a book novel about, their, about their lives yeah yeah but isn't my about a toxic friendship yep and so and sweet bitter is also full of toxic friendships so but I also feel like they are kindred spirits in some ways. Like, they would get each other. And they've also been on the um, on the, the wrong end of some relationships that went sour. Yeah. So I feel like, <laughs> sweet, bitter, sour. I feel like they would know, they would respect each other and have, so, I don't know, maybe toxic or maybe it could work really well. Maybe they would I bring out is, the best each other, in each yeah. other. Yeah. All I know is I'm being very serious about this answer. <laughs> I'm like I'm like really pondering like, would it work? Could it work? I hope it would work because they need each other. <laughs> but I could see it for sure. And I'm sure we could come up with other answers. I know. To this I kept question. wanting to
0: come up with a uh, a best friend for Hermione other than
1: John and Harry. I mean there just is no other I bet she'd be best, best friend oh, suited I don't for know. Her.
0: Maybe Harriet the spy. Although it's been so long since I've read Harriet the
1: Spy. Oh, Harriet the Spy. I loved that. I loved that book. I loved too. that. I wish I could come up with some answers right now that were like completely different worlds because I feel like we both picked I know contemporary. And settings. very with with a lot
0: of crossover. Like with Marlena and Sweet Bitter, they they were both coming of age stories, both kind of angsty. Yeah. And with very Peace Like similar. a River and To Kill a Mockingbird. I mean Peace Like a River feels like a classic even though it's not and I feel like it drew a lot from that sort of great American novel kind of like it just felt a lot I mean in Swede feels like Scout like it felt like Leaf Anger sort of took Scout and said okay I'm gonna make my own character based on this character not in a not in a uh what's the word I'm looking for where you steal something like it didn't feel Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, yeah. Why can't I think of that word? Like he stole. Yeah, it's not. It didn't feel like he was stealing the character. It just felt like it was like
1: a respectful kind of yeah. um, Nod, nod. Yeah. If you would like to ask us questions for future episodes, definitely check out our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash. No thanks were booked. We will be answering an episode or answering a question for every episode from here on out, hopefully. Moving on to kind of our main topic for this episode, we wanted to talk about internet friendships because obviously we are pro-internet <laughs> friendships. Um, and, Can we give them the thumbs up? Yeah. And it's it's something that I think a lot of people have opinions on or like maybe assumptions of how do you make friends on, online? What does that really look like? Are they
0: your real friends? Yeah, I think
1: I get. I think people get that a lot. Like even,
0: even from my husband, you know. Like sure, are these friends that you have real friends because you don't see them ever?
1: And I think, I mean, to answer that, yes, they are in in my life anyway. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that there are, and I'm sure I have internet. Yeah, obviously, Obviously, I'm your friend. Yeah, (laughs) I'm your IRL friend, Um, but. I mean, I have internet friends who are probably more surfacey internet friends, yeah. but I also have real life friends who are kind of like that too. Yeah. So. I mean,
0: I feel like no matter your virtual life or your yeah. physical life, you have friendships that are deep and friendships that are more surface, like more acquaintances yeah. and like kindred spirits, bosom buddies. Yeah.
1: I just feel like it depends, <laughs> yes, I feel like it just depends on how intentional you are about the communities that you're diving into, but to back up a little bit, I think to kind of preface that in defense of internet friendships, let's talk about how we met um, kind of briefly because I feel like most people probably know how we met, but I think I think it's funny because I was pretty I was pretty sure right off the bat that I wanted to be friends with Katie. You were so very met, eager. <laughs> I was very eager to be Katie's friend. Okay, it was like classic preschool like friendship where you just go up to somebody and you say, "I want to be your friend. Can we be friends?"
0: <laughs> um, there's something so
1: I love that. That's how we became friends. But so we both obviously um, met on YouTube. We have BookTube channels, and if you're not familiar with BookTube, it's just a YouTube community where people talk about books and um I was starting my YouTube channel Katie already had hers for like a week or two weeks or something right at the beginning her, yeah and I found her through the booktube newbie tag um and just within like two seconds of her talking I was like oh I could be friends with her in real life mm-hmm. and I pretty much commented that exact same thing yep on her on her channel and then which was a great thing to comment because that I went and checked out your channel immediately. And yeah. I was like,
0: she wants to be my friend. I'm going to go look at her channel. And so I did, and I was like, I want to be her friend too. So it was very mutual. Yeah. It was very mutual. But do you remember That's good to know. I wasn't like stalking her.
1: <laughs> Just so everyone knows.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. It, but it was it was it was a mutual. I mean, I recognized not to use this language too much, but you know, I'm always up for an Anne of Green Gables reference. It was I knew right away that you were a kindred spirit. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's how we met. Our friendship grew when we started reading books together, like buddy reading. And um, then we started a little Voxer group. And if you're not familiar with Voxer, it's basically just... It's like a walkie-talkie app. app. Yeah. Yeah, like a walkie-talkie texting kind of app so that you don't give strangers on the internet your phone number I guess is like basically what it comes down to but we started a little book reading group and they're um, with some other lovely YouTube um, booktube people and it was just so fun because you it's it feels like an intentional like you're intentionally getting to know someone yeah and it's not I don't know. It's not like you can just grab coffee with this person right. or go to the movies. It's it's very intentional. And because of that, I feel like I've had some really enriched friendships that have grown over a mutual love of books. And I don't know. It's been great.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way. I think that, I mean, the reason that I started my YouTube channel was to get to know other bookish people because yeah. they feel like my people and when i especially when i found when we created that voxer group with it was so it was me and molly and three other ladies um Mm -hmm. it really that was that was when i was like this is why i this is why i created my channel was to make friendships Mm -hmm. like this it was really wonderful and we did we did buddy read a book together, but then we just kept talking. And I think that's what, yeah. that's what kind of, um, deepened that, those friendships. Like there's other times when I buddy read with people and it doesn't necessarily turn into a friendship,
1: but, but this, with this group, it definitely turned into a friendship. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. So I'm going to ask you a question, Katie, cause you just touched on something that I think is interesting about the whole internet friendship thing. Um, So why did you pursue internet friendships versus real life? Not that you didn't not that you don't have real life friendships, but what was it about the internet book community that made you want to pursue internet friendships versus people who live in your area? Like what was your motivation to do that? Um, Is there, and like what's special about that internet community versus like an in real life book club?
0: Yeah. So I think that there's, I could, I could go in a lot of different directions with this, but I, at the time when I started my channel, I had one child and I, m- my life is busy and I don't get to see my in real life friends very much these days. And, and it, while that's hard. I, I wanted, I just, and I don't have very many friends in real life who are very bookish. I have a few who read a lot, um, but I don't have a ton. And so I started, I started my channel for a number of reasons. One was, I mean, not to, okay, we're not really talking about YouTube channels, right? We're talking about internet friendships. So I do kind of want to make that distinction because I, I started my channel to make friends with more bookish people. I don't want to make it sound like I can't maintain the friendships in my real life, but I don't get to see them as often as I want to. And I don't get to talk about books with them as much as I'd like to either. And some of them, I just annoy with, I annoy them with how much I talk about books because I pretty much involve books in every conversation. Um, I am very, well, and it's like evangelistic about the books I'm reading. So, right. And I wanted to be evangelistic about the books I was reading with other people who were evangelistic about the books they were reading too. So I think that was a big
1: motivator for me. Yeah. And and it's like when you have to put two little boys down to bed in the evening and you're you can't really go out to a, a book club, you or like I mean you could, but it's there's a convenience about an internet. Yeah, I I was
0: able, I'm able to be part of a community without leaving, leaving my house, which I can't do very much, partly because, partly because when I, because I'm a mom and that's just something that happens. I think that some people are able to maintain a life, but it's hard for me to have much of a social life outside of my home, which makes me sound like such a recluse, but...
1: (laughs) Oh, well. But, I mean, our podcast is called No Thanks, We're Booked. So, <laughs> so I, I am whoever kind of a recluse. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we just need to own it because I am too and I don't even have kids. So I don't know what that says about me. But <laughs>
0: And I kind of was beforehand too. I mean, we're both introverted, so that has something to do with it as well. I think um, the uh, also in real life book clubs have never worked for me because I have a really hard Same. time committing to...
1: The book, for whatever yeah. reason, mainly. Yeah, I think a lot of it too is like you don't always pick the book for IRL book clubs, but also every book club I've ever been a part of has been so sweet and wonderful, but they always fizzle out just because people are busy and yeah, it's hard to find a night or a time in the day where everyone can meet, and I don't know, they just always kind of fizzle out. It does. So seem that's to be kind the of case. my. That's kind of my reasoning too. Like I have I have reading friends who live near me and we've had reading parties and things like that, mm-hmm. but I've been jealous of those but reading it, parties. Yeah, but it's also kind of the same thing that you were saying like there's a convenience to internet friendships when like even though I have reading parties, they're not often and it, 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 yeah, it's it just kind of fizzles out and sometimes I feel like I'm talking about books so much that there's like this overflow that needs to happen. Yes. And so being a part of that internet, that particular kind of internet community is so awesome because there's always someone there to listen or to get a book recommendation from or to just hear you rant about a book. Like there's always somebody who's going to be there who will be equally excited about yeah. your book hangover or like, a character that you fell in love with, or an author you just discovered. There's like this renewed wonder for reading that's just at your fingertips, mm-hmm. and it's oh, that so was fun. so beautifully put, Molly. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um. So talking about expectations versus reality, because I'm sure both of us, when we started our YouTube channels, we probably had an idea of like how that was gonna go. Um. What do you have any expectations versus reality? Like, do you have, how, how was it different for you? Because I'm thinking for me, I wanted, I started a YouTube channel. I wanted to get books from publishers. That was like a really big goal. Just to be totally transparent. Like that was a goal of mine for <laughs> sure. But I also wanted to meet people. Um, I don't, I don't know if it really was that different than what I expected. I think, I probably like putting in the the time and it's a slow thing to make friends with people. And I think I just mm-hmm. maybe assumed it would be like this quick. Well, it was quick for us, but like in a general, lot of other people, yeah. it can be, yeah, it can be slow and it can be, I don't know, it can be disheartening at times when you're trying to make friends with people. Especially, <laughs>
0: especially virtually because yes. the way that you, I, I feel like what it takes to actually become good friends is to go deeper. It's not surface. Yeah. Like we, yes. ha- like everyone in the book community, we, we we have this similar passion for books, but in some ways that's very surface. We all have the similar passion for books, but yeah. we don't know anything else that's deeper than that. Because we're not
1: all just readers. Yeah, we have other hobbies. We have other interests. We have other things going do. on
0: in our life that might be hard or might be joyful, but right, right. But to, I feel like to really be friends, you have to be invited into that joy or pain. And so that's, that does take longer. That does take longer. And I feel like at least for, for us, I mean, I feel like you were really my friend before we met, but I think that when we finally met in Chicago, that did make a difference it solidifies, it solidifies. Like, what you already know. Yeah, exactly. It solidified yeah. what we already knew. I mean, I would have called you my friend before then. I would have said yes, Molly is my friend. Which also yeah. goes back to, in defensive internet friendships, because, I mean, w- what? I mean, that is the question. Then, meeting solidified our friendship, right? So were we yeah. really friends before then?
1: Dun dun dun! <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I feel like it's solidified in the sense that, like, it's almost like this validation that I feel like I wanted for other people. Yeah. Like, talking about assumption, other people's assumptions about internet friendships and my internet friendships in particular. Like, I'm, I'm an introvert and I, like, I'm definitely a homebody, but I also am social. <laughs> I don't want to be like, oh, I have a lot of friends. <laughs> but, like, I have friends that I live near and hang out with a lot and when I told them that I was going to meet you you guys in Chicago last it was last September Uh right and it was four of us and I said oh I'm going to meet these three other ladies and they're from all over the world and we're going to meet in Chicago we're going to have an Airbnb and we're we're like staying in the same same place (laughs) And the reactions I got were pretty – it was kind of funny. It was, like, on a spectrum. Some people thought it was awesome. I would say the majority of people thought it was awesome. Did you get some few people... people
0: who were worried and oh, concerned? Yeah.
1: I got people who were, like, jokingly, like, oh, hope nobody chops you up into a million pieces. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, you, you hear you hear everything. Like, some people were very concerned. Some people were jokingly, like, just be careful but i mean the majority of people thought it was a pretty cool thing and i now i can look back on that cuz i think in the beginning i was there was a part of me that was a little nervous too mm-hmm. not because i thought that you guys weren't going to be who i thought you were but i don't know there's like this weird stigma with meeting people online Yeah, that you, you don't
0: know? know like meeting face to face people that you've never That you don't know and you don't know, you don't know anyone. It can be because you don't know anyone in their community. They could be lying about who they are. There's no corroboration about who that person is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But because you all made YouTube videos, I think that's what's so different about the YouTube community meeting. And this isn't just book, booktube, um, or like internet community in general. It's like, Seeing your face and hearing you talk about books, I know that you're not some, like, creepy 70-year-old man, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Right, There's obviously that layer of, okay, you are who, who you say you are. But I've also met other people who are so different in real life than their YouTube videos. Oh, yeah. And that's not to be, like, you know, they were mean or terrible. It was just this kind of, like, jolting, oh, that there's something their is persona or their the image that they yeah. project is different yeah yeah but anyway i feel like we're getting off on a on a tangent which we can do because we have a podcast <laughs> and we can do that <laughs> um but i like i like the idea of going into like sharing our lives online versus like the privacy aspect because i mean going back to meeting each other face to face did you have anyone in your life who had reservations about that, and also just the idea of sharing your life online versus keeping it private? What are your kind of thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm asking you a ton of questions I right know, now. I know. I feel like I, I feel like you're interviewing. sorry. I know. No. I hope this doesn't feel like I'm interviewing you, but I just <laughs> genuinely want
0: to know. When I just said, I feel like you're interviewing me, but really, no, oh, I didn't hear you say <laughs> that. That's hilarious. No, I don't. I mean, you're answering the you're answering the questions as well, so. Um, because I also want to know the answers to this. Um, well, in terms of when we me- when we went to Chicago, I didn't. And shockingly going to this. So my husband is a very private person and like he doesn't want me to share him. Yeah. He doesn't we- want me to show his face on YouTube and stuff like that. And it's all because he wants to protect me and... um He's just yeah. very sensitive to his privacy and what he shares online. Having said that, yeah. he's okay with me putting my kids online, which some people mm-hmm. are very uncomfortable with sharing their kids' lives on yeah. on a public sp- on a public space.
1: Um, but so interesting. Yeah. But I can appreciate that that he has this preference and you yeah honor the, honor that preference when you make videos. <laughs> um But do you feel like by hiding his face that you have, that you're not sharing your whole life online? Or do you feel, because you're such a candid person. I am a very candid person. And
0: I, 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 in some, I guess in some ways I do. In some ways I feel like I, there's this part of my life that I'm not able, like I don't feel like I could ever be a vlogger. Because I can't, Mm -hmm. because there's, I'd always have to be conscious of keeping Steve out yeah. of it. It's also nice because I think he did have some reservations when we met in Chicago, but Yeah. he also trusted me enough
1: to just let yeah. me do it too. Yeah. He knew you weren't he walking knew into this blindly.
0: Yeah. I mean, I am, so I'm he's a 6 on the Enneagram. <laughs> <laughs>
1: cautious person Got cautious it.
0: person uh, wants to paranoid think, a little parent, bit a little paranoid wants to think about every eventuality usually Gosh, the worst I feel eventualities like I'm a six. yeah sometimes i feel like i'm a six yeah. when you when you talk about him yeah
1: but i'm not i'm a four <laughs> continue
0: well and i'm a i'm a 9 on the enneagram and i uh, nines
1: just don't think about the world like that, so there's a part of him that's like that's thinking, you're walking into this situation and you're Katie Chaos and exactly that's what that's, that's what Katie's husband calls her sometimes.
0: Yep, he calls me Katie Chaos lovingly, lovingly. He um, also nicknamed Molly <laughs> Molly Mayhem. It's one of the areas yep. in our life that overlap a little bit.
1: Those are gonna be our podcasting names. <laughs> Katie Chaos. Those can be like our our radio DJ <laughs> names. <laughs> But so, yeah, there's a part of him that was like, OK, you're sharing your life. I trust that you're sharing your life. But then you go and meet these people mm-hmm. in your life. And that's that's a whole nother step of trust. And, you know, what really like, helped him was the
0: fact that Julie had already come to visit me in Madison. Oh, yeah, I'm sure.
1: Because he yeah.
0: was a lot more nervous when she came to visit. But at the same time, she was coming onto our turf. Right. So which
1: makes a difference which makes a difference.
0: I mean, here's the thing. I probably I probably wouldn't have had very many reservations because I just don't think like that. I just don't. I would be such an easy target.
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't tell strangers on the internet. Don't
0: no. tell anyone that this is a secret for this podcast only. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Katie's actually um, a natural killer. She would win in the honey in the Hunger Games she would win hands down so don't ever try to cross her okay continue (laughs) this is a ploy that statement that I made
0: was a ploy to trick you (laughs) into thinking that I'm (laughs) easily duped (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Oh, Katie chaos and Molly mayhem (laughs) love it I mean what about you what do you think I mean how did your husband respond to did he I have
1: reservations? Like, and what do you think about it? No. And now I'm thinking he wasn't as protective as your. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, no, he thought it was pretty cool. And I think he liked to pick on me a little bit because there's a part of it that feels kind of nerdy to be like, I'm going to go meet my internet friends," you <laughs> no. know, as I like push up my glasses. Um, but he, he was always very supportive of it. And so was your husband yes. supportive of it yeah. as well. Um, I actually kind of envy – there's a part of me that kind of envies that about your husband, that he is so private because I put myself out there, but I've always loved when people can kind of have their own – and this is probably because I'm a four on the Enneagram, but there's that, like, mysterious element to it that's, like – that feels very safe to mm-hmm. be like, this is – I don't know. I have friends who – um who have never had a picture of their children on mm-hmm. online, yeah like no digital footprint, which I don't have an opinion or a judgment on that. Mm-hmm. I'm not a parent, and I just don't have an opinion on that, but I think it's interesting to think, wow, this child will never has never you know like had a picture. There's something about that that is weirdly like fascinating to me, um, but yeah, for me personally, sharing my life online. I feel like I'm I'm never going to share my whole life online. I would just feel too uncomfortable doing that, even with vlogging. I'm too much of a perfectionist mm. and I'm too much of a like I want to edit how I how I'm perceived. That makes me sound like I'm not being genuine or like I don't know, but I think it it's something that you're hyper aware of when you're putting content out there. How do you I think mean, that everyone. affects the friendships that you make online? It probably really affects the friendships. I don't know. I don't know if I could fully know that. Um, I I will say I was nervous to start, and this is something Katie and I have talked about with Voxer, the walkie-talkie app that we mentioned earlier. Um, I I mentioned to Katie that when we first started talking on Voxer, I was really nervous at first and anxious about that. And um, I think it was because you can't edit yourself. You literally press a button and start talking And so if you stumble over your words or you say the wrong thing, whatever, you can't undo it. You can't edit it. And there was a part of that that felt really scary to me. Like I was putting myself out there with these Mm. people that I already felt like I was friends with, but they were seeing what I wanted them to see. Mm. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, here, here I am. Here are all of my unfiltered thoughts that I'm just going to like dump on you. And but because of that, I felt there was this, like, freedom that came with that to be myself. And, and once I kind of got over that initial anxiety about that, not that you can just get over anxiety, but you know what I mean. Like, the, the nervousness um, to take that step. I felt like my, my friendships got so much deeper. And I now I'm like, I'll just press the button and say whatever is in my scary mind to Katie, and I, like, don't even think twice about it. Well, it it.
0: feels more, I mean, because I think because we are friends, we are internet turned in real life friends. Yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And you are unfiltered in the way you would be unfiltered with people in your life around you. And it probably would have been, like, even if we hadn't met, I think it, I mean, we've been talking to each other now for almost two years.
1: We've been friends for almost two
0: years, so it... In some ways, even if we had never seen each other face-to-face, I think it probably would have been that way. I do think it's really funny that you had that reaction talking on Voxer because I didn't even think about it at all. Like, I didn't think about it You're so eloquent when you talk,
1: I feel like. Are you
0: kidding me? (laughs) I trip over my words constantly. I feel like I am the most inarticulate person. What you just said, how you just described the transition from nervousness to being feeling comfortable talking on
1: voxer was so beautifully said oh guys this is how katie and my katie's and my katie's and my relationship is she just validates me all the time i'm like here's what i'm feeling and she's like are you serious let me tell you how it really is great i love it that's why fours and nines make great friends yeah exactly exactly I was going to say, too, um, since becoming friends with people online, learning how to be myself and just um, getting comfortable with Voxer and that kind of thing, I have become a thousand times more confident in my rambling. Like, I just don't care as much what people think if I say the wrong thing. And that and like since then, we've um, gone on. Instagram live shows, mm-hmm. and, like, we're doing this podcast that's going to be pretty unedited. That's what I was going to ask
0: you. I was going to ask you how your – how you felt like things had changed. Like, if you had decided to do a podcast at the beginning, would you, oh, would yeah, you have been able to? Oh, yeah. There's no way.
1: No way. There's no way. I would have I never wanted to because it, the, the fear of saying the wrong thing – would have been crippling Mm -hmm. and now it's like i just i mean i still care probably too much about what people think which is why i'm reading when when people are big and god is small by (laughs) ed welch good old ed (laughs) my buddy ed um but learning that like fear of man kind of Mm. i don't know that we could go on and on about this and i want to stick to the internet friendships thing but I do think it's been really cool to be a part of an internet community and see how that intentional friendship building has changed you. Affected my personality. Yeah. yeah and my certain things that I do or say. And well, it's in some ways that even Aaron notices yeah. about me. Like even in my face to face interactions with people, he feels like I've kind of it YouTube in, in particular has helped my like I don't know, public speaking or well, it's just confidence talking, especially with books, talking about books. I used to like cringe whenever anyone would ask me what I was reading in public. Like if I had a book at, on a bus, I'm never on a bus. I don't know why I said that. On like a park <laughs> bench or something. I'm never on a park bench either. No, I'm just kidding. But if I was just more like a coffee shop, um, people would asked me what I was reading I would like die I hated talking about books with people even though I weirdly wanted to talk about books all the time it was like this I didn't I wasn't confident talking about books and so now because I do it all the time I am that person who will stop somebody in a grocery store and be like have you read this book yet oh my gosh you have to read it. you know see that was me so, all the time but I love <laughs> I mean in terms of in
0: of internet friendships the fact that you've made internet friendships and also i mean i think it's probably both and in terms of creating this youtube channel and and producing content where you have to speak a little bit off the cuff but also making friends yeah it sounds like that has also helped you because you're interacting with people who are doing the same thing oh yeah and it's changed it's changed how you approach your everyday interactions
1: and that's yeah. so cool. I still would like kind of shy away from certain conversations because I I didn't want to sound like an idiot. And now I just am comfortable sounding like <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just fine with that.
0: <laughs> but you also are someone that really, I mean, how did this play into? Because you're someone who really likes to go deep with people. Like you
1: are not yes. someone who really likes. Yes. Um... Absolutely. And I like to go deep with people, like right away.
0: On like I'm not sure you really love um,
1: the small, small talk. Small talk. Yes, that's exactly right. Yep, that's a four thing too. So, wow, this could be a drinking game. Like how many times I say I'm a four? Take a shot. And this could be a really fun episode for you. (laughs) Probably every episode in the future
0: as well, because how can we have a conversation and not end up talking about the Enneagram?
1: (laughs) I love it. Well, Katie, we have been talking for quite a while and we could probably say a lot more about I mean, I know we have other questions that we would love to ask, but I think I mean we've already chatted quite a bit about this topic. Yeah.
0: I think we've so we we haven't exhausted it, but I think maybe maybe we should end here.
1: If maybe there will be a part two coming, (laughs) yes. Okay, first of all, first of all, if you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening. We really love it, we really appreciate that you're here to listen. Please make sure to subscribe and also please rate and review us. Um, It's actually really important for our visibility. So if you enjoyed this episode, please tell friends. Tell friends about it. And also leave a review, review on us. iTunes in particular. Yes, yes. And one little incentive for you, um, we are actually doing a giveaway. And the book that we're giving away is actually our first um, book club pick, uh, The Great Alone by Kristen Hannah. Um, We've heard nothing but amazing things about this book. And we're both really excited. So excited to read it. Yes, And we hope that you're excited
0: to read it and would like a copy. So if you leave a review, you will be entered into
1: our giveaway for The Great Alone. Yep, And you don't want to miss out on it. You don't want to miss out. You can find us on social media. So um, we are on Instagram and Twitter, no thanks, we're booked. But um, the thanks is actually spelled T-H-X, and that's Instagram and Twitter, no thanks, we're, be- we're booked. Facebook, too. We're on Facebook, too, at no thanks, we booked. Facebook, too. We also have a website, no thanks, we booked.com. Go check it out. We've got all all of the good things that you need to know about our podcast on that website. You can also find our Patreon page on that website, it's patreon.com slash no thanks booked. Um, go and check it out. Yeah. Take a
0: look around. And if you, if you like our content and feel like you'd like to contribute to this podcast, feel free to. Even just a dollar or two would be amazing. And we would love yeah. your support. Also, if you have anything to add to the conversation we had today about internet friendships or lack thereof, like whatever you think about internet friendships, let us know by sending us an email at no thanks for booked at com, And you can also send us stories about literally anything because we would yeah. love that. And we'd especially <laughs> love to know if you have any interesting or funny stories about small world moments. This is for a future episode, so if you have... If something has happened in your life and you're like, that, what a small world. That was such a small world moment. Let us know. It doesn't have to be book related, but as always, it can be. So send us an email with your stories. Okay, that's all we have for you today, friends. Thank you so much for listening. You have no idea how grateful we are that you found us and we're really, really excited for future episodes and getting to know you better. So until next time, stay stay booked. booked.